If you love old-time Appalachian music and the story of the Appalachian migration to cities, especially during the Great Depression, you might want to get a ticket for a new movie showing at the Esquire Theater this Thursday and Sunday. The movie is entitled The Mountain Miner, and the filmmaker Dale Farmers in the studio with me this morning, along with Ma Crow and Mike Oberst, two of the musicians who perform in this film. Thanks for coming in this morning. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks. Let me begin by saying that I'm a first-generation Appalachian from eastern Kentucky, and I love mountain music, and I'm very proud of my heritage. My father moved us to Springfield, Ohio, to take a factory job back in the early 50s, so I'm familiar with this. So let's begin with a question for you, Dale. The story of Appalachian migration and its music is near and dear to your heart. Share your grandparents' story. Well, first of all, I like what you said about being proud of your Appalachian heritage, because so many people don't know about their Appalachian heritage, and I even know some people who were taught to hide it when they were young because it was not something that would get you anywhere. And, Hillbilly. And, right. And yeah. so I grew up hearing stories from my grandparents, and it's something I became proud of, and I couldn't get enough of it. The music, the stories. Grandpa and I would travel to Kentucky, back to the old home place, and uh and as I got older and as they passed on, these stories were starting to fade from my mind, so I wanted to write them down. And um, I had been doing video production and doing corporate uh, script writing, and I thought, well, it'd be fun to write it in a screenplay format. So that's how it all got started. Tell us about your grandparents. My grandfather came from Jackson County, Kentucky. Grandma came from Estill County, Kentucky. They came up, uh, moved to the Springdale area where... Um, they were married up here in Ohio and, and raised their family. They were both musicians. Grandpa played the fiddle back in the mountains, a lot of square dances. And he told me that the only music he ever heard in his life was what he made for himself or at church. And so music just meant a whole lot. I would say more to them back then because it was so much part of their life and they didn't have the other distractions that we have now. I went up to the Sorg Opera House a couple of weeks ago and saw Ralph Stanley, too, and the Clinch Mountain Boys in Middletown. Middletown, Hamilton, Cincinnati, along with much of northern Kentucky, still has generations of Appalachian transplants who came into the area for the jobs. Tell us why their story is so important to the region. I think if you look at all of American music, it all kind of stems from this old-time music, which became country and bluegrass, which became rock and roll and jazz and uh, blues, also the African-American influence. Um, it, it just all comes from the same place. It's part of all of our musical family tree. And uh, it's just important to keep that alive as well as it is to, to innovate and come up with new kinds of music, which is uh, one of the reasons that we asked the Tillers and, and Ma Crow. And when I look at uh, the new music where this old-time music has gone to, it's going in many different directions. And uh, I don't know what Mike calls the kind of music they do. It's old-time, but it's also folk, and it's just more of a, I don't know, a neo-folk? <laughs> I don't know, but it's, it's, it's just amazing the directions the music has gone while also staying the same and being preserved. Ma and Mike, you guys were actually actors? If you want to call it that. Oh, they did, <laughs> I did my job. best. <laughs> Tell us how this all came about, getting real musicians in there. Well, us old-time musicians and musicians in general can be pretty frustrated watching a movie when you see the actors playing and their fingers aren't matching what you're seeing or 
or they teach a rock and roll artist to sing an old time tune and it just doesn't have the nuance and it's frustrating. And one of the things we started off, we didn't know this movie would take off like it has. And I thought the audience would just be old time musicians and, and Appalachians. And so it was more important to me to have the music right. And so we selected professional musicians to play the parts. You know, I had a theory that it would be easier to teach a musician to act than teach an actor to play old-time music. And I think I was right. It worked out well. Tell us about your parts. I'm the elder Ruth. When you see two kids in the movie, Charlie and Ruth, as children, that's Asa and Hazel, and I'm the elder Hazel. And my part is Oberst here. He's my great-grandson. And it's as much about the fiddle that he's playing as it is about the family, because it's six generations of the family who's played the same fiddle. So Mike Oberst is my great-grandson in the movie. And what's the plot? Is there a plot? There's, there's no special effects or violence. Yeah, I don't we, know. When we got into our first film festival, you know, I, I know how the formula works for screenwriting, and we don't follow the formula. And we got into the first festival, and... We actually won two of their, we won uh, Best of Show and, and runner-up for Best Film. It really surprised me, and they put us in the art film category. And I said, well, what does art film mean? They said, well, there's no car chases, no love scenes, no cussing, no none of that kind of stuff, no pyrotechnics, but it's still good. So the plot is basically uh, Charlie Abner is uh, reaching the end of his last day at work before he retires, and he's wanting to move back to the mountains of Kentucky. So the struggle of wanting to move back and the struggle of defining where your home actually is after all this time. And so he's reflecting on the struggles from when he was 12 years old of moving to Ohio. And it's two stories at once of him moving here and him moving back and kind of facing the same struggles. There's a lot of issues about migration. When the folks moved up here, they faced a lot of the same prejudices, and it's a universal story of migration, and um, so they faced a lot of that, and uh, it touches on, on those things, too. And where'd you film it? We filmed it in mostly in Todd, North Carolina. Todd uh, looks a lot like Jackson County, Kentucky, and we had a lot of resources down there for filming and a lot of actors and musicians, so that just worked out really well for us. We filmed two scenes in Eaton, Ohio, and one in Oxford, Ohio. And Newport. And Newport. Newport. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Southgate House Revival. Uh, to give a shout out. She uh, generously closed the whole uh, place down one night to let us film our scene because she didn't want there to be bleed over from the other. And it was just such a great place and such a, a great place for music down here. So we appreciate Morella opening up to us. Let's talk about the music that's in the film. What will people hear or see when they uh, go to see the showing? At the Esquire. They'll hear a lot of fiddle tunes, both old time and bluegrass. It's got a score, you know, a musical score behind it that's fantastic. Yeah. That's what I love so much about it. Because there's so many local people that's in the film, it's magic. It's it's a true story based on, you know, all of our stories, all of us. And who are some of the other musicians in the film? Judy and Warren Waldron, Susan Pepper. Gene Dell. And then uh, on a national level, we got Dan Gellert, who... Some people will say he's the best old-time Kentucky fiddler in the world. And Elizabeth LaPrell, who uh, a few weeks after our filming, she was on Carnegie Hall and got a standing ovation for her ballad singing. And she's just an amazing musician. And then the Tillers are just the pride and joy of Cincinnati as far as I'm concerned. And I could have had any band in the country play this part, but they were my first choice. And luckily they were from here. 
Tell us about the Tillers, Mike. Well, this was our first acting debut, the Tillers, and mine as well. The Tillers got to play the band of my character, Willie Abner. You're my Grant, great grandson. I'm the great grandson. You're my great grandson. When you see a little baby on Charlie's lap, it grows up to be Willie Abner and yeah. the Tillers. <laughs> so in this film, I was I got to play a thirty-something-year-old version of Willie Abner, and then eighteen or seventeen yeah. or eighteen-year-old yeah. version of Willie Abner, and then and a maybe a one-year-old. Uh, that was really hard to do. The one-year-old. <laughs> I'm kidding. We had a local makeup artist, Gabby. Lishkill. It's hard to pronounce her last name. She's amazing. Oh, she had to do some work on me. Because Mike plays the son of Trevor McKenzie, but Mike is actually three years older than Trevor. (laughs) So (laughs) so he plays his son. So we had to make Trevor have to look older and Mike to look younger. And it it worked out pretty well, actually. When did you film this? We filmed it in July of 2017. Oh, it's been over a couple of years. It took a year to edit it. And then um, once it was added, then we had one year of film festivals. And we just finished that this spring or this summer was our last film festival. So now we're releasing it this week as our official premiere at the Esquire on Thursday. And is there going to be DVD of it? We have DVDs and Blu-rays. We are selling those at personal appearances right now. They'll be made available for online ordering later on this fall. What about a soundtrack? We're uh, hoping to have a soundtrack. It's kind of interesting because all of the music was recorded on set when you're watching and play it. So we weren't in a studio. We didn't have microphones set up and balanced out. So it was just like the one shotgun mic recording all of the music. Sounds great on a film, but if you're listening to it on a record, it's not going to sound like a produced CD. We're thinking of calling it the Abner Family Field Recordings. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, that's sweet. So we're, we're working on that. Well, I've got to ask you about the title of the movie with the word minor. Yes, it's kind of an underlying mysterious theme of the movie because just real briefly, I mean, this is almost a bonehead description, but if if you're looking at the major scale, you know, you think happy music in general. If you take that third note of the scale and lower it a half step, then it becomes a minor scale, and that is kind of the sad music. But instead of lowering that third note a half step, if you raise it a half step, they call that the mountain minor. So the mountain minor has a mysterious quality. And throughout history, um, it's had a lot of spiritual connotations. Um, Some people thought it was associated with evil spirits. But in the old regular Baptist church, all of their hymns are sung in the mountain minor key. And so it's just kind of a transcendent quality to it. It has a lot of spiritual... uh, spiritual things that are related to it. So we tried to have the sound design for the whole movie kind of based on that mountain minor feel. So you have this kind of lonesome, mysterious kind of feeling as you're watching the movie, even though the movie is a happy, positive movie. And what are some of the songs that you all sing? Darling Corey, for one. I sing uh, an original song that I wrote called Tecumseh on the Battlefield. It's great. And then I get to play a fiddle tune called Hickory Jack. That took me a year to learn. (laughs) I predominantly play banjo with the tillers, and I see that as my instrument. But Dale, he he saw something, and I play a little bit of fiddle, but he definitely challenged me for this film. Hickory Jack is one of those mountainy minor modal tunes that 
rises up several places. Every one of the fiddle players in the movie plays a little bit of it at some point or other. So yeah, it's kind of the, the thread. Also, it. part of that torch-bearing theme, you know, mm -hmm. it's being passed down. Right, it's a beautiful part of the film. That tune. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, as much about the fiddle as it is about Charlie Abner. The fiddle came through the Cumberland Gap, which probably came from the old country. Probably came from Scotland or Ireland, England. They don't know where the fiddle came from, but the, the fiddle is a, it's the star of the movie. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a great movie. How long is it? It's uh, 89 minutes. 89 it's minutes, and you're going to show it Thursday and Sunday, and you're going to do a question and answer session? Yeah, we'll do a Q&A after each showing, yeah. And Are then you, we're having a premiere party Thursday night at Sitwell's next door. And so we're having live music there, uh, Mike and some of the Tillers and Macro, Jericho Old Time Band. We're hoping Jake Book can make it up to do a set in Gene Dow. So it's going to be a fun after party. Can you come? I can come. I rarely go out, but I could come, yeah. This is yeah, your story, yeah. too. This is my story, too. Yeah. Right. This it's is, my story. It's your story. This is who this was made for. We made right. it so that people can have a look at what their ancestry looks like. You know, it's one thing to say, yeah, my grandpa was from Kentucky. And for so many people, that's all they know. They don't know the struggles they went through. They don't know what that life was like and how every day was a fight for survival. And even though they didn't want to move here... They had to, and so many of them went home every weekend, and, and we uh, that's why you couldn't get across the Brent Spence Bridge on a Sunday night because everybody was coming back, and uh, I remember those days. And my nieces and nephews, they don't know anything about it. They didn't get to talk to Grandpa like I did, and so this is our family story, but it's also your family story, and it's Ma's, and uh, this is who it's for, and I hope people can watch it. You know, we've had um, some screenings up till now, some pre-release screenings, and it's especially resonating with older Appalachian folks. And after the movie's over, I just see everyone's crying. And I say, why are you crying? This is not a sad movie. My most common answer is, I don't know why I'm crying. The other one is, it's just so beautiful. And then the other one is, because I got to take one last look at my life when I was a child. And so uh, I know older folks don't like to go out to movies. They like to rent the movie from the library and watch it at home. But uh, this is one movie that I think that older folks, it would be well worth their time. I think they would really like it because it's, it's going over so well with them so far. Well, congratulations on this movie. Thank you so much. You can meet Dale Farmer at two screenings of the film, The Mountain Miner at the Esquire Theater in Clifton on Thursday, October 17th, Sunday, October 20th. Showtime, 7 o'clock both nights with the after party at Sitwell's Thursday. Thank you all for coming in. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. For information about the screenings and the movie, visit EsquireTheater.com or TheMountainMinerMovie.com for local exposure. I'm Lee Hay.